Good evening. We will call the City Council meeting of December 4, 2023 to order. Please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The clerk will take the roll. Council members Fleming? Here. Larson? Here. Masolia? Here. Newland? Here. Robertson? Here. Soroya? Here. Mayor Sanders? Here. All right. Well, welcome to Centennial Cougar Football Day in the city of Blaine. Excellent. We are uh, extremely proud to host the Centennial Cougars football team, championship football team. Uh, we're so proud of all the efforts of uh, all the staff, all the players, everyone that it took uh, to bring a championship home. We are extremely proud of you guys. I know it's a ton of work uh, all the way back from two-a-days. You guys still do two-a-days, right? All right, good. That's why you won. Exactly. All the way up uh, until the championship game, uh, we're just extremely proud on behalf of the city. We've got a proclamation here uh, this evening, and then we'd love to have your coach come and say a few words, and we'd love to grab a picture with all of you. Uh, but this is a proclamation from the city of Blaine, whereas Centennial High School is located in the city of Blaine and is attended by many Blaine residents, and whereas the Centennial Cougars football team represented the city of Blaine with distinction and honor during the 2023 season, whereas the Centennial Cougars football team compiled a 12-1 record this season, and whereas the team led by head coach Mike Diggins marched through the playoffs to earn their first state championship game appearance since 1984. Whereas the team competed in one of the most memorable state championship games in memory, defeating Edina 28-7 in the Prep Bowl on November 24, 2023. Whereas when Centennial celebrated their first football state championship after a dramatic goal line stop, the entire city of Blaine joined with them to celebrate their victory. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the city council of the city of Blaine hereby proclaims December 4, 2023 to be Centennial Cougars football day in the city of Blaine. Would coach, could we have you come up and say a few words uh, about your team and the championship victory? You can just step right up to this podium here. Okay, thank you for having us. It's, uh, it's quite an honor to be here tonight. Um, this group is a group of seniors that have worked really hard since they were in fifth grade to be here tonight um, and win a championship game. Um, outstanding effort. Um, we wish it wasn't so memorable of a game. I'll tell you that much. With four minutes to go, I thought we should win this one. But all of a sudden, I got a little close. But we, we have a knack of doing that with Edina and making it close. Um, but I'd like to thank you again. Centennial's a wonderful school. It's a great community. Uh, all five of our communities that combined into Centennial. Um, it's a great teaching staff, great administration. So we're very proud of uh, being part of Centennial and very proud of winning the state championship. I want to introduce my D coordinator, Michael Diggins, my son. Yes. So, Excellent. Uh, did a great yeah. job. Yeah. Well, we're uh, extremely proud uh, of all of you. It's our pleasure to be able to honor you here this evening. And as the proclamation said, uh, truly, we're celebrating with you all. 
Uh, it was an awesome game. And uh, again, thank you for bringing honor uh, and victory to your city. So we're, we're grateful. At this time, why don't you we have all you guys come forward. We'll grab a picture. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. Love starting council meetings off that way. Very cool. Really proud of that team and the whole Centennial School. Uh, with that, we'll move along to communications. Communications is an opportunity for members of council or staff to provide any updates or announcements that they may have. Are there any communications at this time? Council Member Robertson. Thank you, Mayor. Actually, I have a couple of things that I want to share uh, one on a serious note, one on a little more of a lighthearted note. So we'll get into the serious business first here. We have a saying in our house about yesterdays and tomorrows in that you can't live in yesterdays. But you can certainly learn from them, but you can't live in them. And in an effort to move towards better tomorrows, I just want to briefly address our last council meeting. Um, in a storm of emotionally charged and extremely frustrating, frustrating council dialogue and social media posts, I failed to meet my own standards and those of the community and my colleagues in not being the best version of myself and what this job requires of us. If you have watched these council meetings in the last five years, you've probably heard me talk several times about how we are human beings too and we don't get it right. We don't get it right every single time. We do our best to represent the community in the best possible way, but we certainly do not get it right every time when we sit up here at this dais. And last week, I neglected my own expectations of maintaining that respectful dialogue. So for my impassioned commentary, I want to apologize to my colleague, 
I want to apologize to the rest of council and to members of our community as well. So that was my serious matter. So thank you for indulging me in that. On a lighter note, since it is the holidays and the spirit of the holidays are upon us, I just wanted to remind the public that Blaine Police Department is taking collections for winter coats. They're doing a coat drive through December 8th. So if you are winter cleaning because you negated spring cleaning and you have any extra coats that you want to donate to families in need in the community, that's going on through December 8th. And through December 18th, they're also taking donations for Toys for Tots. And there are drop boxes downstairs in the uh, first floor in the police department. So that's what I had. Excellent. Thank you. I also know the Santa Parade, the SBM Fire Santa Parade, uh, started this evening, actually, and it's running through Thursday night. So make sure you check the Blaine website or check uh, the SBM Fire uh, Facebook page for their routes. It is truly memorable. Uh, It's a very, very cool uh, community event. Uh, So make sure you check that out. Communications, Councilmember Soroya. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I just wanted to um, thank Councilmember Robertson for her apology. That's very kind of you. Um, and I do agree that, you know, this is an, a learning opportunity. You know, there um, are questions that sometimes our community will bring to us that we may not agree with. And I think it's important to at least ask those questions. And I continue to ask those questions. Um, I am still seeking a transparent mm-hmm. process. Um, around the personal dealings um, involving the mayor and the businesses. So I'm still seeking that transparency and um, conflict of interest issues. Any other communications? Seeing and hearing none, we'll move along in the agenda to the open forum. The open forum is an opportunity for the public uh, to present any issue or concern to the city council. There's a maximum of 15 minutes set aside uh, for the open forum. Each presentation should be limited to no more than three minutes. If your item needs follow-up from the city, staff will arrange that follow-up to let you know how that issue is being handled. And with that, we do want to thank you all for coming. And we'll give uh, anyone here who would like to speak a few minutes at the podium. Is there anyone here that wishes to participate in the public forum? Go ahead. You can come on up. If you would, please just give us your name and address for the record. You can begin your comments. Hello, um, my name is Dr. Rawan Yari, and um, my address is 3077 Aspen Lake Drive in Northeast in Blaine. Um, I am, uh, first of all, excuse my look, I just got back from the office, so I didn't uh, get a chance to change out of my scrubs. Um, but I thank you for having me today. I just had a couple of um, issues I just wanted to talk about. Uh, today, I um, sent an email to the city of Blaine. And um, honestly, in in all honesty, I just wanted to be acknowledged. Uh, Myself and every Palestinian-American who lives in in the United States, and uh, to be more frankly, any person who has any humanity and has any concern to look into this issue. So I got an answer back that there's an open forum, and I just wanted to read my email to you. So it says, to whom it may concern... As you are aware, there has been a crisis in the Middle East. The city of Blaine has one of the larger Arab communities, both Muslim and Christian, and we are going through an extremely difficult time, helplessly watching our families being either killed or displaced from their homes in Gaza, currently living in shelters with no water, food, or electricity, not being able to get a hold of them in order to check on their safety. The number of killed has surpassed 20,000 people. 
half of whom are children. And myself, being a mother of four, I feel that that is devastating. Some families in Blaine have lost their whole entire family, extended family, back in Gaza. We ask that our Blaine community be aware of our tragic situation, hoping to feel the support of our neighbors and friends here. As humans, we need to feel cared for and respected in order to continue giving back to our communities and continuing being functional in our own lives. Thanks for giving me that time. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else here this evening that wishes to speak, sir? Were you wishing to speak? I saw you stand earlier. You're welcome. Come on up. Thank you. Um, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Zafir Siddiqui, and I have been a resident of Blaine for over 22 years. And I'm really grateful for this opportunity to share some of my thoughts on the current happenings. So I have um, some points written down here. Um, so today I stand before you as a concerned member of our community and deeply troubled by the tragic events unfolding in Israel and Palestine. The terrible impact of this tragedy hit close to home in Blaine, bringing sorrow and pain of unimaginable magnitude. The scale of human suffering in this conflict is, is totally heartbreaking. Uh, the loss of close to 10,000 children and nearly 20,000 civilians due to Israeli bombings is not just a statistic. It represents an unfathomable human tragedy. Each of these lives had value, potential, and stories that will never be told. Each life lost is a bridge burn towards peace. In face of such devastation, my immediate plea to all of you and to our country is to work towards an urgent ceasefire. This call is not just a political stance, but a humanitarian necessity. We have to immediately hold, halt the cycle of violence, create space for dialogue, and most importantly, save lives. As a community in Blaine, we must raise our voices to demand this immediate cessation of hostilities. Our indirect connection to this conflict through our nation's policies and tax dollars makes our voices even more critical. The blockade in Gaza, which restricts vital food supplies, water, electricity, only adds to the suffering. We must advocate for open access to humanitarian aid and the release of all hostages. I'm also deeply concerned ab about our government's actions that often obstruct the path to peace and justice in the region. Security Council vetoes and political strategies that do not prioritize human lives conflict with our core values of democracy and human rights. So I also like to you know, appeal to all of us in Blaine to be vigilant against the rise, rise of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, which this conflict has unfortunately heightened. Our response to such hatred should be one of unity and understanding, embracing the diverse nature of our community in Blaine. Finally, I urge you all to actively advocate for an immediate ceasefire and peace in the region. The loss of so many innocent lives including over 10,000 children, must be a catalyst for us to reaffirm our commitment to the sanctity of life, 
that many of our Abrahamic traditions talk about. Like taking an innocent life is like killing a whole humanity and saving an innocent life is like saving whole of humanity. Thank you for listening and let us all strive towards a future where every human life is valued equally and protected. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Is there anyone else? Come on up, sir. Just give us your name and address for the record, please. Uh, good evening. My name is Jihad Adwan. I've lived in Blaine since 2007, 2619, Tournament Players Circle North. Um, I was born in Gaza, lived there for almost 30 years before coming to the United States. That's 25 years ago. I've never been more distressed in my life. I have, until last Friday, I had five brothers. Today I have four. My brother was killed in, a, in a, an airstrike along with his son, three of his grandchildren, and his daughter-in-law. A month ago, my wife lost five people uh, directly related to her. Um, her sister-in-law, four um, of her nephews and nieces, and countless others have been uh, injured, some severely with permanent um, disability and who will never be the same again. When this distress is not a, a result of a natural disaster, it's not even a result of war. People who try to define this as war, they're not seeing the picture. They're not seeing the damage. They're not seeing the 50,000 tons of American-made weapons, American-made bombs raining on a refugee camp in Gaza. My family lives in the southern part of Gaza, which was supposed to be safe. They're not safe. There's no one safe in Gaza. And for us here to, to pretend that this is a war, it's not a war. It's a genocide. Now, 2.3 million Palestinians who live in Gaza are now being asked to cram all of them in the most southern part right next to the Egyptian border, where I grew up, just a stone throw away from the Egyptian border. And all these people now, almost all of people of Gaza are supposed to be there as if they are nothing. They are not even human beings because the Israeli government itself labeled them as human animals and that will be exterminated. And by the end of this conflict, by the end of this genocide, the ethnic cleansing, these people will no longer live there. The towns, the homes, the, the memories, the history. Gaza is one of the oldest cities in the world that will be wiped off the map if we don't do something about it. And un unfortunately, I was just reminded by the Pledge of Allegiance that said justice and liberty and justice for all. There is no liberty, there is no justice for the Palestinians in Gaza when we keep sending weapons to Israel to use it as it wishes and as it may without any questions, without any repercussion for breaking international law and massacring Every day, hundreds of people are dying, and you're not seeing that on CNN. You're not seeing that on Fox News. Unless you go there and see the more than 50% 50, 50 of the homes and, and buildings in Gaza that are destroyed, they are depriving the Palestinian people of all means of life, basic life. As, as uh, Savar said, electricity, water, food, medicine, they destroyed all the hospitals, claiming that there are terrorists there, and they found nothing. We need to stand here with humanity in our heart in order to watch out for the weak, for the people who are dying every day, without anyone speaking for them. 
not the United States, not Europe, not the United Nations, not any international human rights organization. They're all watching while people are dying every day and blood is filling the street. My brother died. He didn't get a, a, a proper burial. He was buried in a, in a mass grave. We need to wake up and see what's going on. If we keep blinding ourselves, Israel is our ally. Israel is not our ally. Israel is a liability and a violator of international law. Keep that in your minds. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else this evening that wishes to speak at the open forum? We've got about five minutes left. Name and address, please. Okay. Hello, my name is Isra Al Khatib. I live at 11246 Baltimore Street, Blaine, Minnesota. I was born and raised in Minnesota. I graduated from Blaine High School in 2016 and from the U of M in 2019. I am as Minnesotan as Minnesotan can get. I'm also a Palestinian. My heart is with our people as they live every day under a brutal occupation and an ongoing act of genocide in Gaza. We are literally watching our brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and the elderly being bombed to pieces. Some of our brightest are being taken away. Yesterday, Dr. Taye, who was a physicist and a mathematician, leading in his field, was murdered. This is just one example out of thousands and thousands and thousands of Palestinians that have been taken away in the past 60 days. I'm going to read a short excerpt from a young lady on the ground. This is, this is the voice of the people in Gaza. I no longer have any hope of survival like I had at the beginning of this genocide. And I am certain that I will die in the next few weeks or maybe days. I've been sick with, with severe viral infection for days and cannot move from the mattress. I suffer from nightmares that are so closely resemble re re reality that I no longer differentiate between reality and dream. I live in a world other than the one I claim to be building. I am a community activist who lived on the fantasy that the world was free and just. And I sought to bring rights not only to my people, but to many men and women in the third world countries. I was shocked that I was not from the third world. Indeed, we are the most humane and moral. Yes, because the world approves, supports, and finances the genocide we are being subjected to, legislates it, and gives reasons for it for 58 days. While we are people who have been living on occupied land for 75 years and still searching for our rights and communicating our voice to the world. My message to the world, you are not innocent of what is happening to us. You as governments or peoples that support Israel's annihilation of my people. We will not forgive you. We will not forgive you. Humanity will not forgive you. We will not forget. Even if we die, the history will not forget. We ask Blaine City Council to come out with a resolution in support of Palestinians in the community here and to condemn Israel's actions. We ask for humanization, for the world to see our struggle and demand a ceasefire now. We as US citizens have the privilege to influence what happens there. Our tax money and our politicians are actively supporting the genocide. As Blaine community members, we must take a stand with the side of justice. It is not a choice. It is our responsibility of people of conscience. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else here? Come on up. Name and address for the record, please. Um, yes, it's May Waz, 11246 Baltimore Street. So um, I just wanted to read some very important quotes. This is from Israel's former diplomacy minister, 
erase all of Gaza from the face of the earth, that the Gazan monsters will fly to the southern fence and try to enter Egyptian territory, or they will die and their death will be evil. We have a quote from Yoav Gallant, the Minister of Defense, where he says, we are launching a full siege of Gaza. There will be no food, no fuel, no resources. We are fighting human animals. Some spokesperson for the IDF, uh, Daniel Hagari, he openly admits that we are not focused on accuracy, but destruction. These are among the many quotes by Israeli officials, ministers, who have openly asserted what we already know to be true, is that Israel does not care about self-defense. This is not an act of collateral damage or accidental you know, harm. This is something that is deliberate. It is something that has been going on for over 75 plus years, and now it's come to the limelight with the siege of um, Gaza this month. Israel is committing an act of genocide. It's very sad that we even have to debate this. It's sad that we have to quote how many genocide experts from the UN or how many articles of you know, human rights research, international law we have to quote, but it is true. And I am not going to continue to sit here and pretend that what's happening is something that's not deliberate. This is not, as I said before, self-defense. Various human rights groups, such as Amnesty, Human Rights Watch, have come out with the reports about the collective punishment going on. What does food, fuel, and water have anything to do with self-defense? I'm not sure what starving a population has anything to do with attacking a militant group. What is cutting off electricity? What is the, out the outages and the blackouts? What does that have anything to do with self-defense? We can't beat around the bush. You know, this is not the time for us to dilute our words. It's not the time for us to censor ourselves. We have to call it for what it is. My question for the people of Minnesota is what's the magic number? I mean, someone please tell me, what is the magic number? How many more have to die until we establish that what's happening is a genocide? I, I want to know, what is the magic number? Is it 20,000? Is it 30,000? Is it 40,000? How many more have to die? How many more Palestinians, our family members, have to die until we call it what it is? What is the magic number? That's what I will leave with. Thank you. We have time for one more, if there's one more that would like to participate in the open forum. All right, not seeing anyone. We'll move along in the agenda. Thank you very much, everyone, for coming and sharing your voice this evening. <clears throat> Next on the agenda is approval of the consent agenda. All items listed under the consent agenda are considered to be routine in nature by the City Council will be enacted by one motion. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless a council member or citizens so request, in which case that item will be removed from the consent agenda and placed in its normal sequence on the agenda. That being said, members, I'll accept a motion. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Newland, second by Councilmember Masolia. Any questions? Councilmember Soroya. Um, thank you, Mayor. Um, I would like, um, I have some edits to the November 20th um, City Council meeting agenda. Um, some of my statements were omitted um, unintentionally, um, I'm sure, and I would just like an, um, a further analysis of that section where I am quoted. City Clerk or Attorney Lunin? I believe the appropriate action is to pull that then and then we would have additional discussion, move forward with the rest of the consent agenda if there's nothing else that wants to be pulled. So Council Member Soroya, what's your motion? Right, so I will um, move to poll 8.2, approval of minutes. Motion has been made by Councilmember Soroy. Is there a second? There not being a second. Um, right. Mr. Mayor, procedurally, it's, it's, it is pulled Just from pulled. the consent. Great. You can, right. Then you'll move forward with approving the rest of consent, Perfect. and then that item will go before.
before counsel is a separate item. Thank you, Attorney Lunen. Uh, with that being said, 8-2 will be removed. Uh, any other questions? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of the consent agenda, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Councilmember Soroya to agenda item 8.2. Oh, again, um, so it does not accurately reflect the uh, content of what I had said at the November 20th meeting. Um, for example, I cited three examples of local businesses that um, have been treated differently than other businesses in our city, and those that was completely omitted. Um, I talked at length about how I am pro-business, although I was painted as being anti-development, anti-business, and the issue, again, for me was not, I supported that project, but it was specifically on the conflict of interest and the lack of transparency around the mayor's financial interest and dealings with the city. That's all this is about, and all I have been asking for is a transparent process and an independent Point analysis. Point of order, Councilmember Fleming. Yeah, so right now we're not discussing any of that. We're discussing the things that were not in the meeting minutes. So if that, if what you're saying right now was not in the meeting it's minutes, and, and that's what you said, then yes. go forward. Okay. But that's uh, what I'm doing. how we have yeah. to go throughout that. Oh, yes. So that's why I would like um, maybe, you know, going back to the video and reviewing it, because a lot of what I said is not included in the minutes. So I just want for the record to reflect what I actually said comprehensively. That's all I'm asking. City Clerk, I don't know if you want to make a comment about how you pull minutes down or what. Yes, Mayor and, and uh, Council Members, Council Member Soroya, um, the minutes are um, uh, more of a, a summary um, they're not verbatim. Uh, we have not, not done that um, um, historically in Blaine. Um, minutes are, are done to uh, capture the record. Um, we have the video as well for more detail. Um, we have the, uh, the council reports, of course, um, there. So um, we can certainly go back and review some of those, but um, I would just caution that um, it's very difficult to do verbatim minutes, and if we do for one member, we obviously would need to do for all members and there would be a time element and a cost element just so that uh, council is aware of that. So but we can certainly go back and try to capture a little bit more of that um, and then bring this set back for um, approval. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Attorney Lunin. So if um, my understanding on the discussions that have taken place, the clerk is going to review, so it would be appropriate just to table this item and we can bring it, these minutes back for approval. Um, upon that, uh, perhaps, I don't want to speak for the city clerk, but if Councilmember Soroy wants to, you know, highlight some of those high-level sure. summary points that you think were left out of there, then we can bring this back for approval at the next meeting. Thank you. Thank you, Attorney Lunin. Uh, so with that, I'll accept a motion. Uh, what's your motion on that, Councilmember Soroya? Um, so I will move to table um, 8.2 approval of minutes. Councilmember Soroy has made a motion. Is there a second? Second. Councilmember Larson has given a second. Any other questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed? No. no. The motion does not prevail. Uh, would someone else like a motion on agenda item 8.2? I'll move it. Moved by Councilmember Masolia. Second. Second by Councilmember Newland. Any other questions or discussion? 
Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? No. Motion prevails. Moving along in the agenda to agenda nine, which is the public hearing. Agenda item 9.1 is the first item on that, and for that we will go to our Director of Engineering. Uh, thank you, Mayor and Council. Uh, this item, as you'll recall, is a joint project between the City of Blaine and Spring Lake Park. It's uh, featuring the reconstruction of San Bernal 85th Avenue from University Avenue Frontage Road to uh, Monroe Street, which is half in Blaine and half in Spring Lake Park. Uh, it includes University uh, frontage road from San Bernal to the Malls Ring Road, which is entirely in the city of Blaine, and then Elm Drive and 83rd Avenue, which are entirely in the cities of Spring Lake Park. The proposed improvements as outlined in the feasibility report include a bituminous replacement of the existing streets with minor curb replacements, minor spot sidewalk replacement, upgrades uh, to the pedestrian curb ramps to make them ADA compliant, and some additional uh, storm sewer, which includes several storm structures and pipe. As outlined in the report, the estimated total project cost is uh, just under $1.2 million. The split between the two cities would have the city of Blaine paying about $445,000 and the city of Spring Lake Park at about $722,000. For the city of Blaine's portion, it is proposed that we would assess uh, approximately $83,000 to the benefiting parcels, and the remaining $360,000 would be proposed to be paid for from a combination of the city's pavement management program funds and the city's municipal state aid funds. The report does call out that project type, which I mentioned is a bituminous uh, replacement, which is different than what we've done here in the past recently. So there is a flat rate that will be assessed to this part of this project. And with that, the terms of the assessment would be a payback over a period of five years uh, instead of 15 based on our current assessment policy. The feasibility report does call out the project as necessary, cost-effective, and feasible, and will result in a benefit to the adjacent parcels. Tonight we're asking council to conduct a public hearing and upon receiving um, comment on those by motion approve the resolution in your packet which would officially order the improvements and the preparations of plans and specifications. And with that, I would stand for any questions. Thank you, Director Schwinner, for that presentation. Uh, we'll follow your advice. We'll start with the public hearing. At this point in time, I will open a public hearing on agenda item 9.1. Uh, if you're interested or came this evening to speak directly to this agenda item, uh, I'd like to welcome you to the podium at this time as the public hearing is now open on agenda item 9.1. Is there anyone here this evening that wishes to testify on agenda item 9.1? All right, not seeing anyone rush up here. Uh, I'm going to close the public hearing on agenda item 9.1, and I will accept a motion on 9.1. Move it. Moved by Council Member Newland. Second by Council Member Fleming. Any questions or discussion? Council Member Soroya. Thank you. Um, so just to be consistent, I know I asked this for all of the assessments. Um, can you tell us how much residents will have to pay in assessment fees? And what, if any, are the hardship exemptions if they are unable to pay? Director Schlinder. Uh Mayor Sanders, Council Member Soroya. Uh, Excuse me. 
Um, in the feasibility report, there's outlined there are five parcels. All of them are commercial or high density residential. Uh, so the assessment is actually going to the owners of those parcels. Those are the costs that are associated with each parcel. Uh, again, as to the assessment policy, there are hardships for senior citizen, there are hardships for uh, disabled, and there are hardships for, um, excuse me, I'm, I'm veterans, thank you. Uh, those are the three hardships that are currently on state statute and in our policy. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, the only difference here is that there's a five-year payback period uh, based on the type of construction we have. Any other questions or discussion? Councilmember Robertson. Thank you. I just have a really quick question, Dan. I know you had mentioned um, like some minor sidewalk repair. I know there's a desire by some of the residents, especially in that Spring Lake Park side, for full sidewalks going through there, especially with the inclusion of the, what is it, the green line, the bus service that's supposed to come through there. Is that still open for future dialogue? It may not be included necessarily in here. Um, I know that TAB has regional solicitation dollars available. There's community development block grants through HUD and other entities, so it would be something that would be a minimal cost as far as the overall project total and obviously a desired need of the public. So is that still up for discussion down the road? Like, hopefully. Director uh, Schlinder? Yeah, Mayor Sanders, Councilmember Robertson. Yes, uh, the staff here has met with Anoka County and MnDOT. Mm -hmm. uh, we have discussed that project uh, of extending sidewalk from the intersection of Trunk Highway 47 and 85th Avenue uh, into this corridor. Uh, it was determined that at this point, uh, it would be a separate solicitation and a separate project. Um, the county is actually going to lead that effort, and uh, the cities of Spring Lake Park and uh, ourselves, along with the state, will be at the table uh, to be okay. project partners in that. Music to my ears. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Any other questions? Yep, Attorney Lunin. I just want to correct for the deferrals. It's not veterans, it's active duty military. I just want to make sure that the, the record's clear that it only applies to active duty military. Thank you. Appreciate that correction. Thank you. Uh, with that being it, uh, Councilmember Newland uh, renews his motion. All those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Next up is agenda item 9.2. Uh, a first reading on the uh, repealing the fee schedule from city code and adopting the 2024 fee schedule public hearing. Thank you, Mayor and Council. Um, before you is um, the fee schedule statute allows for municipalities to adopt a fee schedule every year, uh, which we have done. Currently, our fee schedule is um, incorporated as part of our city code. It's in Appendix D. Um, and each year, amendments are made to the schedule, like we're doing now, um, requires that notice of a public hearing, and then um, publication in the um, official city newsletter, or uh, newspaper, which uh, can be costly. As we were working with our um, city code, um, uh, muni code uh, vendor, um, we were able to determine that we can actually make that fee schedule a standalone document. Um, so that's what uh, staff is recommending at this point. We will still do the same process that we're doing now um, so that there would be still that public hearing. Um, but we would actually just be removing it from code, save those uh, cost, uh, publication costs and fees, have it available on our website, um, uh, in the city clerk's office, um, many other ways that we can, but just not have it in city code. So that's one part of, the, of what our recommendation is. Um, and then um, 
in any case, the proposed changes for 2024 fees um, are listed here um, uh, by department. Um, building inspections um, has uh, submitted an uh, increase of fees for accessory building and shed permits, basement finishes, and swimming pools. City clerk um, has added a couple fees that just, um, just weren't listed in our fee schedule um, regarding uh, microdistillery and um, some other uh, approved license types, um, deletion of amusement center fees because that license type was removed last year, and then the proposal for an increase for on-sale intoxicating liquor license fees. That one will require a um, notification to the current license holders as well as a public hearing that will come forward at a separate time, um, likely the first quarter of, uh, of um, 2024. Community standards, um, increasing a uh, lawn sprinkling uh, violation fee. Planning department um, is bringing forward some mailing costs and staff time fees um, to, to cover some of the workshop items that go forward. The police department, a proposed increase for digital evidence um, fees and public works, uh, some water sewer hookup fees, reinspection fees, and hydrant meter uh, use. So with that, uh, staff recommends uh, council hold the public hearing and um, uh, after closing that, hold first reading of this ordinance. Excellent. Thank you very much, um, Clerk Sorensen, for that presentation. Uh, we will do just that. I will go ahead and at this time open up a public hearing on agenda item 9.2 relating to the 2024 fee schedule. Is there anyone here this evening that wishes to participate in the public hearing on agenda item 9.2? Again, seeing none. Uh, I will close the public hearing on agenda item 9.2, and we will have the clerk give this its first reading. First reading ordinance 23-2537, repealing the fee schedule from city code and adopting the 2024 fee schedule. First reading. Next up is agenda item 10, which is development business. Uh, we will start with agenda item 10.1. This also is a first reading, and we'll welcome our city planner. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, Council Members. Um, today is the first reading for the annual zoning code updates. Uh, since 2020, uh, staff has, or actually in 2020, we did a major update to our zoning code. And since then, staff has been identifying um, an ongoing need for revisions to our current code. Uh, throughout the year, we track language that is confusing or out of sync with other cities um, that may raise legal issues of state statute changes. Uh, we also um, find typos sometimes, um, so this update um, rectifies those and then also included this year is a revision to the parking ordinance that was directed by council uh, the public hearing was held on november 14th at the planning commission no one was present at that meeting the planning commission recommended uh, approval of those changes um, tonight we would hold the first reading on that and the second reading would be on december 18th and i would go into more detail then thank you very much for that presentation uh, we'll go ahead and have the city clerk give it its first reading First reading ordinance 23-2535, granting annual revisions to the Blaine zoning and parking ordinances. First reading. Next is agenda item 10.2, another first reading, and we will go back to our city planner. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, tonight, the request before you is a rezoning uh, for Infinite Campus. They're located at 4321 109th Avenue. Uh, they're requesting to rezone from Planned Office District, POD, to uh, Development Flex, um, DF. Uh, they're asking for um, the rezoning uh, so that they can um, finish out a tenant space to allow for residents. 
Uh, so tonight is the first reading for the ordinance amendment for the rezoning. And then um, coming forward on the 18th would be the second reading and then the conditional use permit that would need to follow with that rezoning. Thank you very much for that presentation. Uh, I think if I speak for most of us is we just like to see it at some point <laughs> when this gets approved, Mr. Crash. Uh, with that, we'll have the uh, city clerk give it its first reading. First reading, Ordinance 23-2534, granting rezoning from Plant Office District to Development Flex 4321 109th Avenue. First reading. Next item on the agenda is agenda item 10.3, resolution granting conditional use permit, and we'll go back to our city planner. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, Anoka Hennepin Early Childhood Center is located at 13001 Central Avenue. They're asking for a conditional uh, use permit to construct a 120 square foot storage building on their existing property in the B3 zoning district. Uh, the conditional use permit is for two buildings on one lot. Uh, as stated, the site is zone B3. Um, the adjacent parcels to the north and south are also zone B3. Um, there are two multi-tenant buildings um, to the north, and Aldi is located to the south. Single-family homes are uh, located on the east side, and they are zoned R1, and the west is Highway 65. They are requesting a 120-square-foot storage building on the east side of the existing building. Uh, they're asking for the storage facility just for some of their maintenance and lawn equipment. Uh, the building elevations show that uh, it'll be a vinyl siding. The color and trim will match um, the building that's there now. Uh, the next um, visual just shows uh, where the shed's going to be located. You can see there's a good buffer there. It's not very visible. And then it shows also um, the picture facing, if you were from the shed, looking out. Um, so it's not very visible, not very impactful on the site. Uh, the Planning Commission held the public hearing on November 14th. There were no comments received. The Planning Commission recommends approval, as does staff, with three conditions listed in the staff report. Thank you. Thank you very much for that presentation. Members of motion, please. Moved by Councilmember Robertson, second by Councilmember Masolia. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Last item under our development business, which is agenda item 10.4. We'll go back to the city planner. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, item 10.4 is a conditional use permit amendment to allow a clubhouse and pool in the DF zoning district at Lexington Waters. Um, the exact location will be 13202 Jewel Street. Uh, this property is zoned development flex, and as you know, development flex requires a conditional use permit. They need to amend that because the pool house and or the, the clubhouse and pool were not approved with that original proposal. Um, the property is zone DF, all the properties surrounding are also zone DF, and this is part of a 91 lot subdivision that was approved in 2021. Uh, what they're proposing is a 2,629 square foot clubhouse. Uh, there'll be two parking stalls on site, so one for the office manager and a guest. Uh, it's anticipated that residents will walk to this location um, or will park on the street, because again, this is just for the people that live in this neighborhood, part of this HOA. Uh, the setbacks are 25 feet for the front yard. The corner uh, side yard is 20 feet, and then uh, the rear side yard is also 10 feet. Um, the building elevations are similar to what was approved for the single-family residents out there. So they will have the LP siding with stone, and then um, they'll have the pool equipment building, which will also have the LP siding. So that is consistent with what was approved for the development flex in that neighborhood. 
Um, the floor plan just shows you basically what they're looking to put in here. It's the gathering room, kitchen, exercise room, office, storage area, and bathrooms um, for the residents to use. Uh, the Planning Commission held the public hearing on November 14th. Uh, no comments were received from the public. Planning Commission rec recommends approval as to staff with six conditions listed in the staff report. Thank you. Excellent presentation, Planner Selman. Appreciate that. Members in motion, please. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Robertson, second by Councilmember Fleming. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of the motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Moving along to administration, first on that agenda is 11.1, and I will turn things over to our finance director. Good evening. Thank you, Mayor and Council. <clears throat> on October 16th, uh, the City Council authorized staff, along with Baker Tilly, the City's municipal advisor, uh, to solicit bids for the sale of $24,665,000 worth of general obligation and utility improvement bonds. The proceeds of the bonds will be used to finance the city's pavement management program, utility infrastructure activities, and the acquisition of capital equipment. Uh, bids were open today, um, and as a result of the favorable interest rate environment, the amount requested uh, this evening is $22,280,000. Um, Doug Green is here with us this evening uh, to go through the results of, of the, uh, the opening today, as well as the, uh, the credit rating call that the city had with S&P earlier this month um, in advance of the bond sale. So uh, I'll turn it over to Doug to go through his presentation um, with a reminder to council at the conclusion of his presentation, um, the attached resolution uh, is requested to be adopted. Right. Good evening and welcome, Mr. Green. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of the council. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, this evening. Um, as Jason mentioned this morning, we took bids on behalf of this city at 1030 this morning and had a, uh, it is, oh, there it is. I was looking at myself over there. Thanks. <laughs> That's not what we want to see. Uh, had a very good sale, very successful sales. You see, we had a, a, a lot of interest from the market. Those are 15 bids, the winning bid by Morgan Stanley uh, at a TIC. That's a true interest cost. That's the uh, interest rate which we uh, award the bonds. It takes into account their pricing, the, the fee that they pay themselves. To, it's, it's a standard calculation to, um, to award the bonds. Uh, again, the winning bid is 3.28, all the, uh, down to 3.43. So, you know, pretty tight with this volatile market, as you've been um, hearing about in the, in the credit markets and interest rate markets, uh, just about 15 basis points, 0.15 percent difference over 15 bits so again we we know we got a fair market bid there um, so how does this compare to historical bond issues just going back to 20 set on the left table just going back to 2017 five six years um, as you know we're in a slightly uh, higher interest rate environment uh, but it's still relatively pretty low uh, you can't really compare these uh, this historical rates, not totally apples to apples, because you have to look at the repayment period, that average maturity, um, you know, the, the time period um, in which you're at, how big the bond issue does, does play a part, actually. As you can see, the larger the bond issue, typically the more bidders uh, you do get, just because it, it's simply worth their, their time and effort to do their own underwriting and, uh, and, and try to resell them out to their investors. 
Uh, looking to the right, not surprisingly, you know, we're, the municipal market follows the U.S. Treasury market, so it's you know highly correlated there, as you can see. Um, you know, I was, I was had to go back, and time has a way of getting away from you. That uh, you know, we were at, we actually did better than we did last year. Um, it, it just happened to be at a similar interest uh, interest rate environment. Over, we can't take any credit for it over the past month. Uh, the uh, interest rates have fallen about a full 100 basis points, which is 1%. So um, November uh, in the first part of December was kind to us for this uh, bond issue. Next slide. Looking at the, I know this is a busy slide, but looking at the sources and uses, you might, uh, we, we did go out to bid for uh, around 24 million, 24, what is it, 24.5 or so. Um, but what ends up happening is if you go over there to the far right, the issue summary and the uses of fund, the deposit to construction fund, we told the bidders that we needed that 24.2 million to fund these projects. And then we give them some flexibility in, in the way that they bid it. Um, said if you want a bit of discount or premium, um, if you want to term up some some bonds, um, you know, we give them that flexibility to make to ensure that we get the best pricing. And uh, so what typically happens, what happened here is they bid a premium, and we tell them if you do bid a premium, we're going to take that additional money, put it in our construction fund, and reduce the amount that we need to borrow. So when we went out uh, to bid for around 24 million, 24.5. We take that premium, put it in the construction fund, and reduce the amount. So you'll actually be considering uh, approving $22.28 million this evening. Next slide. Houses broken out. Uh, about a third of it was for uh, the neighborhood street projects. Um, uh, the equipment, which is over 15 years, the equipment is over five years, is a third of this bond issue. And then the utility funds is, is the other third. And you can see, I, th I believe you had conversations earlier in your work sessions about what this equated to for average annual debt service and the levy. Thanks. And with the every bond issue, the market, even if we sell bonds again in, in three months, the market's going to want to see an updated credit rating. Uh, we did get an updated credit rating with this one, and we retained at AAA. I pulled out some... Uh, some of the excerpts from that report, I won't read them through, just quickly summarize them. Um, they're going to be familiar to very strong management and strong financial management policies under their methodology. Uh, strong budget performance, that's the annual. You, it, it helps that you do budget for a surplus each year. Um, and, and then certainly meet that, meet that budget each year. Uh, very strong economy. Uh, we did talk about the Northtown Mall, but that's you know less than one percent of the tax capacity. So it was a short item of discussion, not, nothing major, but um, some hopefully positive things in the future. Um, as we know, weak debt and contingent uh, liability profile. That's very similar to other Minnesota. Frankly, it's very similar to other Minnesota cities, just because we have the ability to uh, incur debt without referendum. The rest of the country doesn't have uh, that ability, so they end up. Um, financing, you know, the infrastructure different way, or you know, or not. So, but we, we tend to do it here in Minnesota with um, with debt obligations. And so, compared to the rest of the country, we are going to have a higher debt profile. But given that, uh, they mentioned that uh, because of balance operations and the significant amount that's paid for uh, with utilities and other 
non-levy revenues, uh, you know, that they're not overly concerned about it. So uh, that is a very strong credit rating. Again, as you can imagine, staff does an excellent job, you know, telling the city's story uh, to the credit rating analyst. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was overall very positive experience. So with that, we have to take any questions. Excellent. Thank you, Mr. Green, and thank you, Director Zimmerman. Really appreciate your leadership on this. It's fantastic to get this kind of financial news uh, in the current environment. So thank you very much for all of your hard work uh, as well. Uh, any questions for Mr. Green in particular? All right. Well, thank you, sir. If anything pops up, we'll let you know. Director Zimmerman, any closing comments? None at this time, Mayor. Thank you very much. And with that, members, I'll accept a motion on 11.1. Move it. Moved by Councilmember Newland. Seconded by Councilmember Robertson. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor of the motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Next item on the agenda is agenda item 11.2, uh, ordinance amending chapter 50, and we will go to our sit-in for this evening, Captain Gerhardt. Welcome. Thank you, Mayor, members of the council. Um, this is just amending the ordinance. Um, what we're looking at is uh, with state law changing uh, as far as cannabis use and drug paraphernalia, we are looking at keeping an ordinance where non-cannabis use drug paraphernalia is still would be a misdemeanor in the city of Blaine. Excellent. Thank you, Captain Gerhardt. Appreciate that and appreciate uh, all you and your team do to protect the city and keep it safe. Uh, with that, members, I'll accept a motion. Moved Moved by Councilmember Masolia, second by Councilmember Newland. Any questions or discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor of that motion, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. Concludes the itemized numbers on the agenda. If there's no other business, Councilmember Soroya. Um, thank you, Mayor. Um, so I just want to acknowledge you know, what we heard earlier during the open forum, I can feel the pain in this room. And sorry, I'm gonna get emotional here. Um, as a mother, you know, I see my own kids in this tragedy, you know, from both sides. There, no kid, no family should have to go through what you all are going through and what your family members are going through. So I absolutely, my heart breaks for you. It's absolutely overwhelming to hear your stories and your direct connections and what you're going through right now. So I personally want to extend that to you. I, um, I know we've received over 50 emails just within the past week. Um, and, and I want to know what we can do. You know, I, first I want to acknowledge your pain and offer my condolences, but I also want to know what we on the city level can even do um, to help you all, um, to offer you, you know, because I know many of you are hurting and I don't like to see anyone in my community hurting. You know, I, I am a representative who represents everyone in my community. I absolutely make sure that um, no one is hurting. You know, there was a, a woman who um, was, this is in my personal capacity before I was elected, but she um, didn't have a birthday cake for her child. And she posted, you know, can someone help me um, get a birthday cake for my child? And, you know, that's something that we were able to help her. So I am someone who feels for this community and, 
um, feels very strongly that we should acknowledge your pain and your hurt. Um, so, and I was really surprised that after you all spoke that there was no response. And I apologize for that. I absolutely apologize to all of you for that. That does not represent me on this council. When the financial person spoke, there was an acknowledgement of the financial news but when you all spoke, there was silence, and I'm so sorry for that. I cannot imagine how hurtful that must be to all of you. So I absolutely apologize to you. Um, so, Mayor, as the leader of the city mayor, I would like to know what your next steps are, what you as a leader of all of us who represents all of us is going to do to make sure no one in our community is hurting. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, again, it's not usually our custom to uh, interact uh, with open forms. We certainly uh, hear your, your comments and appreciate, again, that you brought your voices uh, to council here this evening. Uh, and I think that certainly as a city council, um, and I think a couple of you said it well, uh, right? We need to reaffirm one another as neighbors and as a community and make sure that uh, our humanity is what is uh, our common value. And, and even if our values don't always align or we have different backgrounds that we align around virtue, which is that every single person is created and should be treated with dignity, honor, and respect, uh, regardless of your background, uh, regardless of your religion or your skin color, uh, how you got here, uh, how you didn't get here. It, it's, it's how we should treat each other as Blaine residents and as a community. So... Uh, we absolutely affirm that, uh, and I think that's how we show our way forward, is that as neighbors, as community members, you know, we hold each other up. We lift each other up. We're neighbors first. We're Blaine residents first. We see how we can help each other uh, and be human to each other. And so I would encourage all of us, all of Blaine, to do that, regardless of the issue, uh, to make sure that we have the safest, strongest community possible. So I do want to thank you uh, all for being here. Uh, I do, uh, I hear for, for many of you the pain uh, that you're going through and for that uh, it, is, it is touching. Uh, but uh, we certainly need, uh, as, as a city of Blaine and as uh, residents, you know, we have to love one another. We have to treat each other with dignity, honor, and respect. And I hope that we all can do that. Uh, with that, I would like to take a motion to adjourn. Moved and seconded. All those in favor of adjournment, please say aye. 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 Opposed? That motion prevails. We are adjourned.